When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Off The Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. And it's great to be with you as we get stuck into another big edition of Off The Bench. Uh, The week has flown by. Round 10 is underway. And plenty of talking points out of uh, the first game of the weekend. The Storm and the Tigers playing an absolute thriller at Amy Park. Stack of news through the week as well. We'll uh, have a look at NRL from all angles pretty much and also get ourselves a Makita Power Player. It is all thanks to Kubota's Diesel Generators for Serious Backup Power. Benny Jones, my name, Scotty Sattler, the former Premiership winner at Penrith, who are going through a few trials and tribulations of their own right now, joins us. Sats, uh, welcome to you. Big start to the weekend. Massive start to the weekend. Fantastic game on Thursday night. Uh, the Melbourne Storm up against the West Tigers. Many thought that the, the Melbourne Storm, after the way they decimated Parramatta last week in Magic Round, that there's going to be no one that's really going to challenge them while they're in that frame of mind. Yep. But we just knew that West Tigers, going down there with a coach that knows Melbourne better than anyone, is mm. Michael Maguire, part of their coaching staff for so many years. Uh, they're always going to put up a good effort. I thought they were going to put up a good effort, and uh, they went down there and they nearly stole the chocolates, Benny. It was a tremendous game. Yeah, we're going to get all of the talking points out of that shortly and uh, pick the brains of our man Scott Sattler as to how it all unfolded. Nailbiter to get round 10 started. A little later on in the program as well, we'll uh, hear from or co-captain at the Canberra Raiders, uh, the one and only Josh Hodson, just one of many poms that will be running around uh, later on this weekend when the Raiders take on the Bunnies. You've build it basically the Battle of Britain. Battle so of Britain. Well, even coach around. as well, Wayne yes, Bennett. Yes, yeah. so lots going on there. Hey, uh, big show ahead. Let's uh, have a look at some of the big talking points from the week. On Off The Bench, the NRL News of the Week. Well, we'll start with the uh, the story or the campaign or the uh, agenda that our man Scott Sattler's been pushing for weeks, and that is Cam Smith fronting up for Game 1 of Origin. 2019, uh, despite having retired from representative duties uh, on the eve of the 2018 Origin Series. He is, um, he's been in the headlines uh, with all of the injuries around Queensland, uh, particularly in the playmaking roles. Kevin Walters, will he send out the SOS? Well, Darren Lockyer, one of his right-hand men, has put that to bed through the week, or has he sat? Well, he seems to have put it to bed. <laughs> and I don't know whether this is just a ploy from Queensland to say, listen... He's not going to be picked as a selector. Darren Lockyer uh, has joined the selection crew, of course. Um, he's just said, we won't be selecting. We need to move forward as a state for our future, and we don't need to go back to the past. Yep. Uh, I still am not convinced. I know a man. he's a man of integrity, Darren Lockyer, and I don't think he would go out publicly and say that for the sake of it, but... You're taking this to kick off, aren't when you? When State of Origin is a place... <laughs> you are taking this to kick on, off. On, <laughs> I won't be... Conv- they may name 16 players and one to be announced. <laughs> oh, a TBC. Yeah, but uh, no, Darren Lockyer coming out and just saying, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to look to the future. Yeah. I, again, I, 
Maybe that might be for Origin One. Maybe they're going. Maybe Queensland are going to see how they turn out in Origin One and and try and make a play for Origin Two, that big game in Perth on neutral territory. So, uh, it's not. It's not how he says it. It's yeah. what he says in the wording. I believe that still leaves the door open for Cameron Smith. Yeah, you know, Wally Lewis has come out and you know one of the great, if not the greatest, Origin player of all time, and has said Queensland needs you, Cameron. Yep. Like. Yeah, as a Queenslander, you need to stand up. So, uh, some subtle pressure being put on from above. But uh, in saying that, he's, a, he's his own man, Cam. But I, I still think he'll contemplate playing. Is it too simplistic, Sats? And I want you to put me back in my place here. I know I'm one of those from south of the border, the Mexicans from down Melbourne way, <laughs> to suggest that maybe Queensland just need to suck it up. If it's a couple of years of pain ahead uh, after having such an incredible run and dominance over New South Wales. Give the kids a go. Give some untried talent a go. And if it means a couple of heavy defeats, if it means that New South Wales are going to dominate for the next 24 months, well, so be it. Because we saw what happened. you say this? I know, but hear me out. I've, I've got some rationale behind it. 2003, when you obviously uh, played your, your one origin cap for Queensland, and yep. then Cam Smith came in after you. Mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of a, a misnomer there that he came in and success just happened straight away. He actually was involved in two more losing series after that. And I'm just putting this all on Cam Smith, by the way, but Queensland before, of course, that incredible run of consecutive series wins. So take the hit. I know it's painful. I know you don't want to lose to New South Wales at the best of times, but these things happen in cycles. Cameron Smith wasn't put into Queensland just to see how we would go. He wasn't put into a Queensland side in Game 3 2003 just because we're just going to see how he plays out yep. and, until someone else may... Yeah, it wasn't a desperate act. ...may arrive. He was picked because at that time, very, very young in his first grade career, there were signs yep. that showed that he was going to be a very good player and also feedback that the selectors were getting was that this is a kid, although he was only 19 years of age, mm. he had the, the head... On, on his shoulders, the maturity of a, a guy ten, that played 200 ten, games. 10-year yeah, veteran, yeah. So then his first game, Gordon Tallis tells a great story when they were saying, who's going to goal kick? And Cameron Smith at 19 said, yeah, I'll goal kick. And he just he <laughs> yeah. took over this uh, this responsibility in the the highest arena of rugby league that you can get um, and just handled it with uh, with such class. So you know, even though that he was involved in an 04 and 05 losing series – um, he was still the player that yeah. was the best player in that position because he was dominating at that position in regular season rugby league as well. At the moment, in his position at hooker, there is no one really dominating because either they're injured or they're only five, six, seven games into their NRL career. There's yeah. no one really standing up and putting their hand up and saying, I deserve to be in that position. Yeah, yeah but you're right. In 2003, Queensland selectors... that. <laughs> When I say they took a chance or took a punt, obviously we know that he was always going to become a great player. But at the time, he couldn't be 100% sure. Maybe 16 years down the track, they they look along similar lines. Now, I'm not saying there's a Cam Smith waiting in the wings, a 19-year-old Cam Smith waiting in the wings. But, yeah, maybe it's time to just um, to throw a few darts out there. And who knows what might stick and who knows what it might look like in four or five years' time. Easy for me to say, not being a selector. Yeah, you know, I, I still believe, and a lot of people scoff at this, but I still believe that James Seguiaro, who has been playing for Newtown. And has now just arrived at the Broncos. Just arrived at the Broncos and um, named on an extended bench for the Broncos. Uh, I still think three weeks out from origin selection. Yeah. I still think he is the the man that could be picked out of, plucked out of nowhere. Left field and some. 
possibly be yeah. the player that could be the difference for Queensland because he offers so much around dummy half, more so than anyone else. We're going to try and well, – I'm not going to say we. I'm going to say Queensland are going to try and make shift a hooker. You can't make shift a hooker yeah. at NRL level week to week, let alone origin. It's yeah. just too much of an ask. Now, you're talking about one from left field there. New South Wales in a similar position, but this time with another Bronco, James Roberts, who's not getting a game for his club side mm. at the moment, but is still very much, according to reports, in the frame – to front up for New South Wales. You and Badge were telling me through the week, Sats, this wouldn't be the first time this has happened. In fact, there's a very famous example of a player being plucked from well, second Arthur grade. Beaton in 1980. Yep. There's been so many players. There's been players picked out of the country, Benny. Yeah, you know, imagine that happening these days. Yeah, I mean, Phil it wouldn't, Duke, but... uh, Rex Wright, they were picked yep. out of playing country rugby league, yep. thrown into the uh, into the furnace of, of origin. Now, yeah. I don't think James Roberts is... Well, Freddie Fittler, knowing what Freddie Fittler's like, he's always said he's loyal to the jersey, not to the man. Yeah. And I think there are enough players out there that you can throw into the right centre position. That'll do the job for for Freddie Fittler under his style of coaching. Yeah. Uh, I think Jared Croker could go to the right. So Jared Croker used to be a right centre. Everyone seems to forget that he used to be a right centre and he can play both sides. Everyone just thinks he's locked into the left-hand side. But, you know, Freddie Fittler and James Roberts have this have this – very unique relationship that's only in its infancy mm. where, again, a little bit like Wayne Bennett, he just knows how to tick the boxes with James Roberts from a human side of rugby league. Going to be some interesting announcements, I reckon, in the next couple of weeks. He knows he can, a get, lot the, of these he knows he can get the best out of James topics. Roberts yeah. over yeah. a really short period. Well, he's already shown, hasn't he, Freddie, that he's got the ability to do that with a number of players. Hey, let's move on to some club uh, news and Clint Gutherson. Now, this has been an ongoing, well, I would say saga, but certainly it's been played out pretty aggressively in the media, whether it's club, whether it's player, whether it's manager. But uh, it came through midweek that he had signed a three-year deal, uh, $650,000 a year, so a nice payday for Clint Gutherson. Uh, and they've also locked away their coach, Brad Arthur, for another couple of seasons. So some positivity out of Parramatta off the back of, of course, as you mentioned, that uh, that mauling at the hands of the Storm. Yeah, I think Parramatta, I think they did the right thing by holding off. For the time that they did, I think they they hit the button at exactly the right time. But it's no coincidence that Gutherson signs late on a very late on a Wednesday night, agrees to terms, I should say, um, on the back of a day after Brad Arthur, yeah, signing with the club or agreeing to another to go two on years, with another yep. two years. So, yep. yeah, that's no coincidence because yeah, listeners may not think this happens, but it, it does. They sit in dressing sheds and they say at training. Who's going to be coaching us? If Brad's not going to be here, do you know yeah. who's on the shortlist? What's yeah. going to happen? Yep. And it takes away from what you're invariably there to do, which is prepare for a rugby league game. And anything that can take your focus away from the from what your goal is um, is going to have a, a huge huge um, effect on your performance. Yep. So uh, now that Brad Arthur's signed, and then Clint, Arthur's, uh, Clint Gutherson the next day. I expect to see a more consistent Parramatta mm. who have sort of gone win-loss, win-loss. Very up and down, yeah. Yeah, yep. I think you'll see that you'll see okay. a lot more um, well, a happier playing group knowing that, one, their coach is going to be there, yep. and two, their most most important player, not only on the field but off the field within the playing group, is definitely going to be there. All right, uh, Sats, uh, in the space of about 120 seconds, can you solve the issues at Penrith? Go. Um, <laughs> get all their forward pack and put them in a... In a Box, boxing ring and just say <laughs> Go it, last boss. man standing <laughs> yeah, okay, he's going to lead the forward pack yeah. this week because yeah. that's basically what it is yeah James Maloney hasn't been playing great 
Yeah, Nathan Cleary hasn't been playing great, but their forward pack has shown no courage. I think they've been the softest forward pack in the competition. There are forward packs in the NRL competition at the moment that have shown more grit and determination than the mm. the Panthers forward pack. I think they miss Trent Barron, the difference in his game. I think they are very one-dimensional, the Penrith forward pack, and very easy to contain just by their style. But when you have got a style that's very one-dimensional, which is straight up and down and becomes tackle practice for good sides, the only way that you can over you can combat that is be far more aggressive yep. than your opposition, and they're not willing to do that at the moment. Ivan Cleary's made a statement. Josh Mansour and uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard dropped. That's a huge message. It's a completely different message, but the, it's trying to get the same effect as what Craig Bellamy did with Melbourne two yeah. weeks ago, where basically he just threw a hand grenade over the fence and said, you know what? If you don't want to play for the Melbourne club that's so proud and in the style that we play, I'll just go and find yeah. guys that will. The difference being, I suppose, Sats, is that Bellamy didn't have to drop, didn't get to the point where he had to drop the players. Ivan's reached that point. Now, this could go either way. It could it could inspire, it could produce something out of the box, or it could just have players so nervous looking over their shoulders that they pro- provide another repeat performance. Well, clearly doesn't ride. have the credits in the bank. No. Where Bellamy does. Either he, do a lot of the players. He can stand yeah. on the soapbox out the front of... Southern Cross Station down in Melbourne, yep. and and everyone will sit around and, and listen to him and go, yeah, this this guy could tell us that there's no water in the desert, but we'll we'll walk for days to try and to find, find it because yeah. it's somewhere, you know. Yep. Whereas Ivan Cleary is he's got a he's got to make a big call by dropping players because he hasn't got the credits in the bank at the moment. It's time for the Friday night NRL preview. Yeah, well, this is another big one at Suncorp Stadium. Of course, the home of Magic Round. Only got the one game on it this weekend, Suncorp. Uh, taking it easy, the surface there, and rightfully so after 640 minutes of action last weekend. But this is going to be big. Don't you worry about that. The Sydney Roosters, the team to beat this season without a shadow of a doubt, taking on the Brisbane Broncos, who uh, who did what they had to do last week, Sats, against Manly, got the win. But I guess the big question you have, and I know a lot of Broncos fans will also have, is... It's the it's the performance the week after. It's the backing up from that win, and they're going to come up against a very strong, a much stronger opposition than uh, than Manly last week. Yeah, they will, and it's a good point you make, Benny. Um, everyone was getting excited about the Broncos' performance last week, but Manly led four nil for a, for a large portion of that first half, and Brisbane Broncos finally started dominating through the middle. Their big man, but in saying that, um, yeah, they're coming up against the Roosters, where you know what they shouldn't leave anything in the tank here. The Broncos, they won't. What you can do is against the Premiers and, and also the best team in the competition is you can just throw everything at them. And if it doesn't work, at least you know at where least you, you try. Well, you know yeah. where you stand. Yeah, you yeah. know where you're standing yeah. from a performance point of view. Exactly right. Um, but yeah, Manly, a depleted side, as I said last week, really running on the smell of an oily rag at the moment, yeah. Manly, and doing a great job at it as well. But they're a different beast, the Roosters. You've got to be clinical in everything that you do. Mm. And you've got to be willing to... You've got to be willing to match how methodical they are. A little bit like the Tigers against Melbourne. You've got to be willing yep. just to get them into a really tough arm wrestle and and just waiting for them to blink, see if they're human. Because at the moment, they're a machine. Can you stop, speaking of machines, the try-scoring machine that is Latrell Mitchell? Well, that's the big question for young Gemmett Shibasaki. I've Oof, seen a lot of this young job. kid. 20-year-old centre. He's a good size. He's a big centre as well. Good, good athletic size. Um, and... He's got good footwork. He's aggressive in defence. He does all the little things really, really well that'll mm. go unnoticed here. Um, I think he'll shut Latrell Mitchell down 
because I think Latrell doesn't know too much about him. And I think that still very young, 21 years of age, Latrell, what you don't know sometimes you can fear. Yep. You know, when, you, when you're Latrell Mitchell and you're coming up against Will Chambers or you're coming up against Jared Croker, you know, whatever side you play on and whatever you're sent or BJ Lalua, you know what you're going to get. With Lalua, you're going to get a mouthpiece, someone mm. who tries to be over-aggressive. He's going to be in your face and be physical. Try and get in your head. Yeah. You know, with Will Chambers, exactly the same. He's just going to take your head on and see whether you're going to win that battle. Jared Croker is going to be a little bit more smarter about the things, a little bit more intelligent about the things that he's going to do in the game. Mm. He knows nothing about Gibbet Shibasaki. Like, he'll look at some footage this week, but he'll still know nothing about him. Yep. And for a young player, yeah. you can fear that. So he can use that to his advantage, Shibasaki, as the great movie Predator and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger and also Lee Matthews used it in his time as coach he did. at the Lions. If it bleeds, you can kill it. Everyone's got a weakness. Yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good call, that Sats. Now, uh, speaking of another huge head-to-head uh, battle, and this is in the playmaking roles, of course. I'm, I'm penning this one as the old versus the very, very new. That's Tom Dearden, of course, uh, early yeah. on in his NRL career, taking on Cooper Cronk. This is flowing under the radar a little bit. Well, it now, has, yeah, it? yeah. It's all been about Luttrell and Gimmick Shibasaki. And yep. Are the Broncos really back after that win, playing against the Roosters? Then all of a sudden you've got an 18-year-old halfback mm. who is in the position that Cooper Cronk once was. Uh, so a really good interview with Cooper during the week saying that if Tom Dearden ever wanted some advice from me, I'd, I'd be happy to give it. And that's just the person Cooper Cronk yep. is. He's at the back end of his career. He's happy to pass on any knowledge about preparation or identifying how to control the rhythm of a game, whatever it may be, to any player. But he did say, you know what, this week? Yes. Yeah. All bets are off yeah, this I'm not, week. I'm not giving out advice for at least 80 minutes of the After week. After yeah. this week, I'm yeah. happy to help the young kid yeah. out. But this week, I'm going to make life really, really difficult for him. And he will. He'll turn the screws, Cooper Cronk. And, yeah, Tom Dearden, he's got a couple of really important battles on his hand. But the, the biggest battle is not to star watch. This is Off the Bench. Plenty more to come with Kubota Diesel Generators powering Australia. Night in, night out. Up next, we'll get stuck into a Thursday night review. And we'll find out just how the storm pinched a win at the death against the Tigers down at Amy Park. This is Off The Bench for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. You're listening to Off The Bench for Kubota diesel generators. Powering Australia. Yeah, welcome back to Off The Bench for Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power. Benny Jones, Scotty Sattler here with you. Still to come, uh, we'll hear from... Canberra co-captain Josh Hodson, just one of the many poms that will be running around this weekend uh, as the Raiders take on the Bunnies. That arguably the match of round 10 uh, will nominate a Kubota diesel generator Makita power player as well and uh, also find out what Sats is looking forward to this weekend. But right now on the show, let's do this. Let's go with our Thursday night NRL review. Yeah, what a cracker it was to kickstart the weekend down at Amy Park. It was a Thursday night thriller. The Melbourne Storm just overcoming a gutsy, a gritty West Tigers. Just before we get Sats to pick this one apart, let's have a listen to some of the highlights of what was a cracking contest on NRL Nation. Well, they go that way. Marshall, Masters stretches out, scores. I thought the pass was borderline. Doesn't matter. Can't rule on it upstairs. Essan Masters has slid over for another West Tigers try. Beautiful pass, Benji Marshall. Nominee for try of the year for Repco Authorised Service, that one. They had great shape, numbers out to their left. They played the ball 
just on the other side of the post, but just two passes into it. Marshall took the lead runner, beautifully disguised ball to SR Masters, who slides over. Momentum. Kelsey Asifa flicks it out the back. Seve! Seve slides over. They got a bit of luck there, the Melbourne score. It didn't matter. He was in the space. And Marion Seve has picked up a try. Oh, yeah. We got a tight finish, boys. Four points in it now. Away from Fanua. Does. Thought about a kick. Back inside. This is Chambers. Chambers is getting over. Chambers is over. Chambers is over. He scored the try. The crowd erupts. I think he might have been short. They love it. I'm saying try, Gary Belcher. What do you say? They're going to go upstairs anyway. Two points in it. It'll be the score by two, and they're going up try. Does he get to the line? He's short. Oh, he's still got control, and the ball just touches the line on the second swing. Oh, wow. He went to put it down. It went onto oh. his other hand, and then he controlled it over the line. That's oh. amazing. Oh. I thought he looked short first up. He reached out to put it down. The defender got there and stopped him, and somehow it stayed in his arms. It kissed the line, and it's a try. It's a try. I tell you what, we've got the directors and supporters of the West Tigers in the box next to us. Oh, it's a try. They're not happy. That's a try. We can feel it building, boys. The Storm are coming out oh. of throwing the footy around. The momentum was building. You could just sense it. Oh, tackled by the West Tigers defenders. It doesn't matter, but it does matter. It's been a wholehearted and brave effort from the West Tigers, but it accounts for nothing. The Melbourne Storm 24, the West Tigers 22. They win by two. They take the two in a classic match to start round 10 of the National Rugby League. So the Storm get there, Sats. Uh, a try to Will Chambers at the death, separating the two sides. And I just wonder what it is about this West Tigers. I know that, obviously, their coach, Michael Maguire, has a fair amount of inside intel as to the Storm. He was involved there for a long, long time. But uh, they just seem to be not a bogey side, but a side that always troubles the Melbourne Storm. And last night was no exception. Again, um, and... Benny, you've heard me use this phrase a few times. It's a boxing phrase that styles makes fights. And the teams that are willing to the teams that are willing to get in the face of the Melbourne Storm and try and bully them around the field, in years gone by you never won that battle because they just beat you with class. But it seems as though the teams are willing to get in the face defensively and, and just ruffle a few feathers. Yep. But also have the ability to use a little bit of skill with that as well. Um they're the ones that are getting, I'm not getting saying getting over the top of them, but, but are getting to a point where the game is in the balance in the last 10 to 15 minutes. And we saw that with the Roosters. Uh, they did the same thing. They only won by one point, but they led by 20-0, and they did it by bullying them, but also using really good speed and skill with a little bit of width, if that makes sense, just moving the, the Melbourne Storm team around. If you just try and continually go up the middle against the Melbourne Storm, they're really big forwards just end up dominating you. But yeah. if you move them around the field by just with ball movement, really good skill, but get into that, that set for set with the Melbourne Storm, and you can win it through your kicking game. Benji Marshall nearly won the game purely through his, his kicking game, which is yep. really boring to hear and boring boring to watch. But uh, if you're a if you're a 
a lover of the game and, and love the statistics of a game and, and love the way that a, a game plan can play out, you sort of you watch the way that Benji Marshall um, conducted himself on Thursday night. It was it was um, it was class. It was experience. So, uh, but the Melbourne Storm, the good teams, they just always find a way to win. They do. They and do. Just just on why the Tigers, Michael Maguire, he's like he's a lot like Craig Bellamy. He would have said to his team, this is the biggest battle you'll have all year. Mm. This is the biggest battle to date. And you're going to decide through your performance whether you are an NRL player and whether you deserve to play at the highest level and whether you are good enough to participate in finals 40 for NRL. And that's a really good point you raise as to whether they are a finals contender. And uh, on the back of that performance and what you saw last night, Sats, uh, at Amy Park, West Tigers, if they can bring that to the yep. table more often than not, they're in the eight for you. I didn't see the post-match press conference, but I think that Michael Maguire would have been deeply disappointed yep. about not getting the win. But there would have been a small part of him that says, you know what, if we turn up and play to 80% of the way that we played tonight, we'll play finals this year, yeah. Yeah, barring injury. It was a penalty fest early, mm. and of course in games like this that are decided by just a couple of points, there's always moments, little decisions that you can go back on and question and hindsight's a wonderful, beautiful thing. But do you think maybe they'd look back on that? They took the, they took the kicks early, the Tigers. Uh, they took the points and, you know, at the time probably felt like the right thing to do. But looking back on it, should they have maybe looked to get in and no. up in the face of the storm no. more? They, they uh, kicked the first three penalty goals. You need to do that against Melbourne, Benny. In my opinion, what Melbourne are so great at is not their set plays – and their individual brilliance through speed, but it's their resilient defence. They can withstand set after set. And the, and the more that you do that to a side that loves defending, yep. the more you play them into a game. So by taking the points early, which they did last year on a couple of occasions when they mm. beat the Storm, mm-hmm. you take them early, so you take their strength out, which is their their goal line defence. So I thought it was a really smart play. There was a lot of talk in the pregame about this young emerging star, Ryan Pappenhausen, I think third string fullback at the Melbourne Storm. But of course, his history, I think the Eels had a look at him early, said, nah, not too interested than the West Tigers. He was involved in their junior development and pathways program. And then the Melbourne Storm, as as they do, Craig Bellamy and co have just come from the clouds and said, oh, we'll, we'll take him on board. We'll give him a crack. He looks like he could be anything. And if he can't be a rugby league player, can we get him to run at the 100 in, uh, in Tokyo? Boy, he's quick. Yeah, the best part about him is he's... He's untarnished, yeah. Which means it's raw. The really quick rugby, yeah. The really quick rugby league players, as they get sort of six, seven, eight years into their their career, they come back about two or three yards, and they come back another two yards, and and then they got to look at ways that they can try yeah. and develop their game yep. through passing as opposed to running. He, yeah, you're right. This is just raw speed. Um, I've seen him play a few times, and he's playing for the Sunshine Coast Falcons, their their feeder club in the Intra Super Cup in mm. Queensland. And he scored this try one day, commentating a game on a Sunday, and just out of nothing, he just grabbed this ball and just grubbed it through from about 40 metres out, and you thought, that's a silly play. And just through pure speed, beat the fullback to the go- the ball, set the fullback, scored underneath the goalpost. We went, who is this kid? What's his name? How do you spell it? Yeah. Pappenhausen. Right. Wonder and watch. we always just thought he might have been one of those local kids who was just trying to have a rugby league career. We yep. just now know that he's been part of the Melbourne Storm's um, focus for a couple of years now. The West Tigers didn't want to lose him. To their credit, they matched the Melbourne Storm's offer originally, mm. but just being part of the Melbourne Storm's um, 
makeup was yep. something he wanted to be part of. And at that time, when he was at the West Tigers, James Tedesco was their fullback. Of course. So yeah. he's never going to get a go. Yeah. Uh, three tries in three games. He's uh, made some sort of entrance into NRL circles. He actually ran so quick at one stage on a line break, his boot came off. That's yeah. how quick he was going, <laughs> Ryan Pappenhausen. So look forward to hearing more about him in weeks and years to come. Uh, Cam Munster. Well, he was mm. dominant. And again, I know we're bringing this back to origin, but no doubt Freddie Fitler would have just been taking a couple of notes and... We know that New South Wales are heavily backed in this upcoming series, but um, you know, Cam Munster, when he's on, he's capable of, of turning the complexion of a match yeah, pretty quickly. Benny, when I said earlier on about um, Gemmit Shibasaki and not knowing, not knowing something is something you could possibly fear, mm. this is the same with Cameron Munster. I mean, he's matured so much in the last 12 months. He's turned into a player that eventually will be a leader down the track. I think we all know that. Um, it's about, I suppose, identifying what he stands for as a, as a yeah. person, and not so much a rugby league player, but a person as well. And I think Freddie Fittler looks back at Cameron Munster, and I think he fears Cameron Munster because no one knows what Cameron Munster is going to do. Again, you fear the unknown because he plays, he's an offshoot from the 1970s, 1980s rugby league player where basically uh, it, he, he'll take the game structure in, but he'll he'll park it in the back of his Play what's memory bank somewhere. And if Off he needs cuff. to use it, he'll use it. Yep. But what he'll do is, it, I'm just going to do what I want to do, and you just need to follow me. And yep. for for Brad Fittler to have players like Kalen Ponga and Daly Cherry Evans, and who I think will be back for Origin, and Cameron Munster, those three players alone, yeah, quite frankly is enough to strike fear into an opposition when Can you're going into a, happen. Into a yeah. big game. So yeah. Munster is playing the best rugby league we've ever seen him play. 24-22, Storm Tigers, uh, an absolute beauty to start around 10. And uh, with that win, it just sends the Storm momentarily back to the uh, the top of the table. So, uh, yeah, still very much in the mix, the Melbourne Storm. This is Off the Bench for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. Time to nominate our Makita Power Player for Makita's Cordless Power Garden Range, the landscaper's choice. Yeah, it is indeed Makita's Cordless Power Garden Range, the world's largest range with over 200 tools on just the one battery. We've got one each here, Sat, so I might just roll mine out first. And I'm glad, in a way, that we're in in a place in society in 2019 where actually this story, which broke earlier on in the week, it caused some ripples, but it certainly didn't create a tidal wave that it may have, say, 10, 15, 20 years ago when uh, former league star Ian Roberts did something oh, yeah. similar, uh, announced that he was gay. Uh, he, I mean, as you allude to, Benny, he Ian Roberts came out um, at a time when being a homosexual was classed as deviant. Yeah. You know, it was taboo. Why would you ever come out and publicise something of that nature. If, if that's the way you are, you keep it to yourself. And coming from such a masculine environment of a rugby league club, a, a team environment, it was... And you know what? Yeah. People in rugby league, they had an inkling that that he was a homosexual. Yeah. But no one really cared, no. to be quite honest. No. But the general public and the g- general society, um, they had an issue with it. Yeah. Um, so I know what you're alluding to here, this, yeah. uh, this Andy Brennan. soccer player. Yeah, first professional or former professional footballer in Australia, uh, former Newcastle Jets player, has, has come out as gay. And the response has been overwhelmingly positive. As you'll, you'd expect. Uh, and that's right. And that's in why I say age, we're absolutely. so happy we've reached a point and, and it can only get better. There are still the element of, 
imbeciles out there who will, will have things to say or will disagree with it. But um, good on you, Andy. And uh, from it, I'm sure you'll get nothing but great strength moving forward. And again, as we've said, it doesn't change the person you are. It doesn't change the athlete you are. It's just uh, good that he can be honest and open Absolutely. with himself. My uh, Makita power player is Timothy Zou. Timothy Zou, I Timothy, should say. Yeah, the son that's of right. Costa Zou, who won the Australian super middleweight, uh, welterweight championship, I should say, on Thursday night against... Um, Wednesday night against... Uh, Joel Camilleri. Joel Camilleri. Yep. Tremendous fight. 24 years of age, 23 years of age, 13 wins now, 13. Um, and about yeah, 10 of those wins have been by way of knockout. And he's offered out Jeff Horn as well. So, yeah. again, it's just... Yep. I don't know. It's just good to see the son of Kostya, who yep. embraced Australia and changed his name to the Thunder from down under. And I just love it that Timothy, who has been raised in Australia his whole life, has taken to the... To the same uh, sport that his father was one of the greatest at and is going to pave a career for himself. Well, I like what you said earlier in the week that we've got, you know, an established star like a Jeff Horn at the moment that, that we can hang our hat on, but mm. we've got these young guys like Zoo that are coming through showing real potential that uh, it's sort of almost like a bit of a new dawn for Australian there boxing. Is. Yeah, there's a young, young fighter by the name of Liam Paro again. He'll fight for a world title. Uh, Andrew Maloney, yep. fight for a world title. Yep. We've got all these really good... For Dennis Hogan, who's going to get a rematch for yeah. a world title against young Mungia. So, uh, yeah, Australian boxing. Back in the 80s when we had Lester Ellis and, and uh, Jeff Fennick and uh, Jeff Harding and these, yeah. these tremendous... Barry Michael, who was a pom, but fought a lot in Australia... Um, tremendous fighters, and we're starting to get back to that era again. Yeah, absolutely. Makita's cordless power garden tools power through the toughest of jobs. Makita, when power means a business. Just before we get to the break, and we'll get Sats tips for the remainder of round 10, uh, let's find out what's happening with the Battle of the Bush. Let's talk racing and the Battle of the Bush. Join the battle at the Racing Queensland website. Yeah, it is that time of the week where we look forward to what promises to be another bumper weekend. Not quite as large as uh, last weekend when it comes to the Battle of the Bush, thanks to Racing Queensland, their ambassador. Mr. Rob Luck has joined us. Four heats last week, just the two this week. Rob, just nice and easy. Put the feet up sort of stuff. Back to the easy stuff with two heats, Benny, but there's two contrasting heats out of Charleville and Home Hill on the weekend. Of course, this is the Charleville Newmarket as well as the Tab Battle of the Bush heat, and it's drawn a very good field of 11 and quality open gallopers. Uh, but, Benny, the two the two heats are interesting because, one, Charleville is a sand track and it's mm. a little bit of horses for courses. Certain horses don't handle it as well as others. Home Hill, a grass track, but you tend to need to be on the lead uh, to do well at Home Hill. So very interesting. And the heat at Charleville, good field of 11. The heat at uh, Home Hill, only a field of seven. And really, there's only a couple of open-class gallopers in it. The rest are oh, really Class B or Class 1 level. So there's a great difference in the standard. But let's look at Charleville firstly. Yep. And Wicked Woody, interesting runner, Wicked Woody. He's three from three at the track, and he won here by a seven lengths over at his last start over the 1100. So I really think he's uh, got to be in the mix, and he's trained and ridden by David Rewald, dual licensee David. Very experienced jockey. He'll have this tra- horse ready for it. Gender Bean, plenty of pace, and has won twice out of three starts at the track. Bit of a query at the distance. And I do like the chances of Malibu Affair and Golovkin as well. Malibu Affair has already had a second behind Fab's Cowboy in the Gladstone Heat and was second behind Wicked Woody at Charleville at his last race. A couple of other good open company horses in it for the Boy Foster team, Heroism and Zenday, but I'm going to put Wicked Woody on top in that race at Charleville. All right, so Charleville and Home Hill, the venues this weekend for the Battle of the Bush 2019 Heats, and you can follow 
everything that's going on with the Tab Battle of the Bush at racingqueensland.com.au. Rob, as always, appreciate your time here on Sports Day. Look forward to circling back to you Monday to find out how it all unfolds. Yes, as the field starts to take shape, we'll have two more winners entering the Battle of the Bush final on the 22nd of June, Benny. This is Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators, powering Australia. Let's see who the lads like this weekend. It's Badge and Sats NRL Tips. Yelly's good. Tipping form, our man Scott Sattler out of uh, round nine, Magic Round. He brought the Magic with seven, mate. Seven. Who'd you miss out? Was it the Warriors? Yeah, I picked the Saints to beat the Warriors. Yeah. Oh, well, mm. Anyway, there's uh, room for improvement. Let's get your thoughts for the remainder of round 10. Three games Saturday. We'll start there. Seabus Super Stadium. Oh, this is a big game. Probably, mm. probably. It is a big game. Rules the loser out of out of contention, I would have thought. And, and Badge spoke to us through the week about some stats that suggest that if you're uh, two wins from 10, you're kaput. Yeah, they're not playing finals, Titans or Bulldogs. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think this is... The winner gets a little bit of hope. I think this is who does not want to be the wooden spooner. I think that's what the, the debate yeah, probably maybe. needs to be. I'm going to take the Titans um, because AJ Brimson is at fullback. Uh, Tyrone Roberts is back at 5'8". It's a little bit more direction. Young Mo Fatawaka, the young 19-year-old front row, is starting. I just think with this really good youth uh, and exuberance that they'll have uh, through a few of these players, I think... Um, I think they'll beat the Bulldogs. I, sometimes these games throw up a really good spectacle because there's so much to play for, the embarrassment of sitting on the bottom of the competition ladder. Nothing hurts more than when you walk into a dressing shed oh, yeah. and your coach or someone has printed out <laughs> the competition ladder. Oh, yeah, and big, bold highlighted that you're on the bottom. And thrown it on the, on the uh, player's board in your yeah. uh, in your. In your players' uh, lounge at uh, your training facility, it hurts. It would. Uh, I'm ca- take Titans. Yeah, okay. Cowboys Eels at one three hundred smiles. Well, Cowboys are the favourites. Eels have been hot and cold. Um, they win at home, when lose away from home. Many are thinking that's going to go the same way. I think with Brad Arthur and also Clint Gutherson agreeing to terms this week. I think you see a side that has a lot more clarity about what they're doing, and I think they beat the Cowboys. All right, uh, Raiders Rabbits at GIO. Yeah, huge Raiders. Yeah, they got back into that game against the Roosters last week uh, very impressively. They just started off with a, a lot of penalties, gave away a lot of possession. But uh, this Rabbits side, they're just doing everything so quick. I like to call it uh, furnace footy, where it's it's you, they're in your face the whole time. They're asking questions on as many occasions as possible. And I think the reason, the reason being, um, the Rabbits also are a lot healthier. Yep. Raiders just they're just just holding on at the moment. All right, in a word, two games Sunday: Dragons, Knights, the beautiful Glen Willow, Knights. Okay, and Sharks, Eagles to wrap us up at points. Bet. Sharks. All right, what are you looking forward to this weekend, Satsman? I'm looking forward to uh, the USPGA, of Underway. course. Uh, Brooks Kepka, oh, flying uh, six or seven under, defending champ. Tiger about two over, uh, but I'm looking forward to the USPGA and. The game we just spoke about very briefly. Dragons yeah. versus Newcastle and Mudgee. It's the most picturesque regional ground Beautiful, I've ever it? seen. Yeah, it's a cracker. Uh, for me, it's the A-League Grand Final. That's on Sunday. It's been a long season, but it culminates with the two best sides squaring off. Can you see an um, absolute an beauty. upset? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, Sydney are capable, and they know what it takes to win silverware. They've been there a few times recently. But I just think Perth have been uh, pound for pound the best side all season. I know it's not technically at home. It's in WA, and of course it's in Perth. But at Optus Stadium, it makes it a little bit more of a neutral venue. But they've sold, uh, as of today, I think 54,000 tickets. It's a 60,000 
seat of stadium. So they're going to go very, very close to selling well, it out. I'd say there'll be a few Danny walk-ups Lee. on the day. That's the South Danny Korean Lee, thank Kiwi. you very much. But uh, Perth to win for me and thoroughly deserve to do the double. Will it go extra time? Will it be in regular time? That I actually do think will happen. I think it will go to extra time. But I think wow. that's where Perth will win it. No penalties, but if it goes that far, it'll be great drama. Hey, this has been Off the Bench for Kubota. Sats, you have a great weekend. We'll you catch too, you Benny. same time thank next you. week. This is Off the Bench for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power.